Hi, everybody. Before we get started, I want to take the time to thank you for everyone who has been listening to The Wanted Pod. Please keep rating and reviewing, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, and tell a friend who might benefit from listening. It's all about word of mouth here. You've been doing a great job so far, so keep adding us to your Instagram story. Shout us out on Twitch. Everything helps. Help us spread the word about the importance of talking about mental health by donating to our Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash wearenoalamo. Help us keep this podcast going. And since you've been listening, you know sometimes we joke about suicide and death and other difficult mental health issues. But we want you to know that we don't really take it lightly, and we are concerned for you and the rest of our listener base. We really care about your well-being. So if you're having suicidal thoughts or plan, just stop listening to this podcast. Call 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-TALK, or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And they provide 24-7 to support to people in crisis situation. So remember this podcast is about opening up the conversation. And sometimes it's easier to talk about hard stuff when there's a little laughter involved. But remember, we want you to stay with us. And you're not alone because we are no Alamo. So again, welcome to the podcast. We are here today with Donnie. Hey, Donnie. Hey, everyone. And Matthew. Why, hello. He is going to be a recurring co-host with us. How do you feel about that? I'm not quite sure yet. Are you I don't think it's sunk in. You're going to feel great. <laughs> I, I'll take your guys' word for it. <laughs> right. I, I'll put trust in y'all. Well, we trust you. You're, you're a good guy. So, social media shout out today is to Salvador E. He actually works on the Beto campaign. Um, number one, thanks for listening and sending in your questions, Salvador. Um, and if anyone has any other topics that they would like discussed on this podcast, um, keep emailing wearenoalamo at gmail.com. Um, like I said, Salvador works on Beto Works campaign. And I want to give a shout out to voting. It's voter registration time, everybody. Have y'all registered to vote? I've never missed the election since nope. I was 18. Nope. Okay. I have to register to vote in Austin. I haven't voted since the Bush administration. Oh, oh my. Since the Obama administration. Clinton. How dare you? I, oh, how dare you? How dare I? I was how dare me? And I was like, that, that was wrong. From a, from a, from a actual English. Right? How dare me? How dare you? But I wanted to say a little bit about like Beto's campaign because obviously I'm going to Can you explain a little bit about Beto? Like, what's Beto about? Okay, he is the senator, can, or senator guy running against... Uh, Mr. He's running for Sen- he's running for senator against Ted Cruz here yes. in Texas. Thank you. He is already, uh, I think, a congressman or a m- member of the House of Representatives. Yeah. And recently, he opened up a mental health institution for veterans. For so, seven thousand veterans are now getting mental health care in El Paso. So, mental health is a part of his initiative, which is why I really appreciate Salvador emailing us. So, he um, says, I wanted. Uh, I was thinking about some conversational topics for your podcast. There are two. Number one, you guys, is there a line between depression and self-pity? And if so, is it clearer or more vague than we think? What do you think? Depression and self-pity, how do you even see a difference? Um, You speak to a professional about that. Um, there you go. Yeah. Call me. Yeah. Call me up in the line, so. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Don't call me. I won't have an answer. 1 800, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm your guy. No, I, I uh, as far, no, I mean, well, how would you even define, like, self pity? Okay, let's think about, like, 13 reasons why. You know, that, oh my. did y'all ever see that? It's about that teenager who completes oh, suicide. Yeah, that was a big deal. Huh? And, yeah, I remember reading that book when I was in high school, and I read it once sitting. And I remember thinking, wow, that girl wasn't an 
extremely dark place and she's pulling people down with her. So it was more like, I like this question because it was a push and pull between her depression and suicidal ideation and self-pity on her for people bullying her. So I think that line was a little, a little raunchy for that. I think it was more for entertainment purposes. Like, for someone who has depression, I'm not looking for self-pity, but I do have the tools that I need because I've sought psychiatric care. So from you guys, like, have you ever experienced self-pity and the ruse of depression? Well, yeah, but I, I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, and I don't think they're necessarily, like... Self-pity, I think, what you would say for somebody who might not have a mental illness, but who's the one that say that you don't or don't, besides a professional. Exactly. My personal opinion. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, I've been I've been, had a pity party or two in my life. Mm-hmm. Things didn't go my way. I'm really angry, which was different than... Wallace violin playing for you. I know, yeah. right? I love that. Oh, my God. He does that to me all the time. Smallest violin. Playing a lo- world's... Long, small, oily. For people listening to this, we're playing violence yep. between our fingers. Yep. Like her. For any listeners out there, you're missing a real, real delicate yep. thing happening. Yep. My sister did that to me my whole life. And so did my mom and dad. So that's why I grew up with. I love it. Okay, so that leads up to the next question. Is there an appropriate behavior or remedy to those who suffer from depression? How do you go about like figuring it out in a person before you want to step in? Or should. So you're talking about like if I have a friend? Yeah. Oh, well, like, you know, if you know somebody's doing things that are different than normal and acting differently, I mean, I don't know necessarily. You know about signs of depression. Yeah. I like, mean, what? Sleeping a lot, not wanting to go out, not wanting to hang out. When they're. Taco Bell. No, 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 not Taco Bell. <laughs> I love I'm me some like Taco Bell. <laughs> I live next door to a Taco Bell. I love you, Taco Bell. I love you. <laughs> They're hiring, and I really thought I could get free Taco Bell for life. But no, like some of the symptoms are like pulling away from things that you once loved. Yep. Right, and I know definitely sleeping. I felt like I was, yeah. When I was depressed, I was uh, I was sleeping more, yep. and I was uh, I was actually opposite. Some people actually stopped eating. I was eating more. Yep. I'm the opposite. I stopped eating, and that's yeah. when I realized like past a certain point. Yeah. And I think you experienced that too. It depends, yeah. Yeah, so like I actually gain weight too a lot of times depending on where it's at. Like, yeah, I'll do the same thing. I'll stress eat all day long. Where the food's at or where your depression's at? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can always eat, but like, yeah, when it's when I'm depressed, I either don't eat or I eat way too much. There's no in between. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, are y'all ready for wanna weigh in? We got a two parter to do. Wanna in? Wanna in? Wanna weigh in? So, they both involve. Mandated requirements for people uh, to have training and resources in mental health. So we're going to start the weigh-in with mental health in the classroom. Um, I'm going to read this a little bit. So in Albany, New York State, um, starting in this September, so this September coming before, you know what I'm talking about. It's October last month was September. Um, <laughs> Inception. <laughs> yeah. But for about 50% of the population, the onset of mental health um, issues, anxiety, depression, uh, are coming up at age 14. Who um, Glenn Liebman from the New York State of Mental Health Association said, so when they start to seek ser- services, could be up to age 24, and they're wanting to eliminate that gap from when um, symptoms start forming and like give these kids the tools they need. Um, so they 
the article, shout out to News 10 um, in Albany, um, they are not wanting teachers to be psychiatrists. They are not looking for them to be in clinicians or like that. Um, but in the curriculum, you can embed mental health services into counseling or in other departments, um, like English classes. You can look into mental health studies or research, just bringing, uh, open up an awareness for kids. Um, because they said people are afraid to talk about mental health because there is a stigma attached to it. And that's unfortunate. So the more we talk about it, um, the more we can change the language and make it more positive, like we call mental illness, MI, or um, committing suicide, completing suicide. However, starting this curriculum from kindergarten into high school, when sexual education doesn't even start until, like, what, four, sixth grade or whatever? Third, like, third grade. Yeah. So third grade? Depends but, on the state. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I didn't say anything. I was just going to give it to you. But it was, this question is, more for you, like we talked about it a little bit, you have a brand new baby daughter, mm-hmm. and she's two months old. Yeah. Are you? What do you think about this? This mandated health care. Uh, what do you think about it? Oh, um, I mean, it's it's. I feel like it's a good thing because it's it kind of puts a target, a bullseye, on depression finally mm-hmm. as being something that should be looked at and mandated, something that should be taken more seriously as before. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at depression from a timeline, we've come a long way from the 1950s to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, to, not to jump into my past, but I actually, kind of dealing with this topic, uh, when I was younger, I used to go to, uh, I'm a photographer on the side, so I used to go to like a lot of abandoned buildings and a lot of um, facilities that weren't in, in use anymore, and one of them was actually in Letchworth, uh, New Jersey, um, right across... Oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, Can you say that? And, uh, Can you say that? Yeah. And so, with going there, uh, it was actually Geraldo Rivera shut it down um, in the 70s, late 70s. And in the comments, you guys can correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was the late 70s, early 80s. Please do, because he thought Twitter and Facebook were started like 20 years ago. That's I true. I did. Um, so, I love it. Um, yeah, tweet me if you want. So I, uh, what yeah. Is that, so going there, I found more information about, the, and it was actually a place that in the fifties parents would send their kids to with any kind of problems because they were so embarrassed to with deal with dealing it. with it. So if you had a kid that was born with, um, you know, any kind of like, uh, you know, being mentally something going on or, or a deformity or mm-hmm. or what have you, they were sending them there just out of pure embarrassment. This was mm-hmm. the fifties. And now I feel like depression is not in the spotlight of being something to be embarrassed about anymore because you have huge celebrities coming out talking about it to, yeah. to really people that don't, you know. And Michael Phelps. Yeah. And Kevin. What and Michael Kevin? Phelps. Michael Phelps. He's a huge promoter of cannabis in the depression. Yep. Uh, industry. In, 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 in the so am I. Side. Yeah. I mean, that's something to look so at So Bento O'Rourke. Well, I've been recently using CBD oil, mm-hmm. uh, which is a uh, derivative of um, cannabis. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a cannabinoid. Uh, yeah, and it's... Cannabinoid? Yeah, it's been Check. fantastic. Um, I highly recommend anybody who... Uh, don't always just go for, like, the drugs that the doctors are going to pitch you. Yeah. Kind of look at, like, natural alternatives, because CBD oil for me has been... Um, How do you use it? Uh, I have psoriasis, okay. so um, mm-hmm. I put it on my psoriasis and it gets rid of it completely. Mm-hmm. 
It's like a nature's way of curing something. Uh, Stop using coconut oil, everybody. It's bad for you. CBD no, but well, actually, doctors will prescribe a lot of steroid creams, a lot of things that like just mess with your skin. WD forty. Yeah, you know. I've pretty, heard of that actually, yeah, like yeah, for psoriasis, use WD forty. Yeah, my best crazy. friend has and, it, and that's what he used. Um, and CBD oil, I put it on, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So it's like nature always had an answer. So Amalimubab, whatever I see on the TV. Lately, talking about psoriasis. I mean, there's people, there's, there's, there's different, like, there's people that suffer with it really bad. There's people that have, yep. uh, they take, like, biologics and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, Humira and all this stuff. But that stuff is still kind of new. So yeah. So, it's been known to cause, like, lymphomas and kind of because you're kind of going in there and messing right. with your immune system. And your immune system is not something yeah. that is, one, contrary to popular belief. It's actually a machine that has multiple parts Mm-hmm. And going in there and stopping some of these parts to help something mm-hmm. might be harming something else. Exactly. So doctors are still trying to. Figure but again, it out. CBD oil has. If you have psoriasis and you listen to this podcast, I highly recommend it. It's got just. Or even super for self-soothing like practice. I mean, CBD oil is. The drops under the tongue. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It's legal. So. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, I, I did. It's an anxiety a, I did, uh, reducer. I did the drops for about two three weeks. I felt amazing and it was like just five drops under the tongue and it was like super just yeah i felt like great energetic all this stuff so it really is something and it's 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 like the f i know that the fdc the fdc the fda are trying to fdc the fda are trying <laughs> the to get their hands on espn oil because they want to put it in but they're gonna ruin it you know mm-hmm. well well I love hopefully not Let's get back to the school situation, though, because yeah, drugs still aren't allowed on school campuses. We're not that progressive. Well, you were asking about my daughter. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I think that, I think it's good for for her future. I think that she's lucky enough to say that she was in a future where, if she does have something partially due to what I've had in the past, yeah, she'll be okay, which makes me feel better. Because mm-hmm. um, when I was younger, 15, 16 years old, and I felt weird, I grew up in the 90s. So, like, it was different, you know? Yeah. It was so different. The only thing you do is listen to Nirvana and be like, wow. <laughs> what? And then Kurt Cobain. And then Kurt Cobain. Did Come on. know what yeah. happened with that. Yeah, but, yeah. R.I.P. Kurt. I, I agree with it. I think it's great. Cool. I uh, mean, so, I really want to hear a little bit about your side. I, I'm not going to have any complaints with, uh, we're, we're doing sex ed in third, fourth grade, depends on the state. Every state's different when they do it. Texas is probably like never. Um, but, most There's of the states that we are not progressive on. But yep. Yes, sex ed is kind of at least it's there. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, if we're if we're doing sex ed in school, I don't see why we don't. We're teaching health. We should be teaching about mental health as well. Um, so I don't understand the the. Any, if you're talking, about, yeah, like, it makes like it's perfect. It's yeah, like your physiology and like your health in general. I mean, yeah. you could integrate it into a kinesiology class, like it, part of your brain. I think the only problem, not the problem with this, I also think it depends on the school. Um, like I went to schools that were, we talked about mental health. Like mm-hmm. I remember talking about like suicide when I was in a freshman in high school. Like, you know, it's not something that doesn't happen. If you have these thoughts, it is normal. There's people to talk to. Like, I remember having those conversations at that age. Yeah. So when I hear this, I'm like, well, duh. But then again, I grew up in like my school was my school. Not every school in the country is the same. So henceforth, now this is like everybody should be doing something, which I like. I yeah. mean, I like mental to, health shouldn't be a scary topic. It really shouldn't. And like decreasing the negative stigma if that can start at a young age, I am completely on board. 
Um, but there's been a 30% increase in suicide rates since 2000. That's not fake news. Um, that statistic was conducted by the Center for Disease Control mm-hmm. and Prevention. Um, so mostly I agree with that. However, like we talked about before with those questions, mm-hmm. if we give kids these this vocabulary, this language, this new taxonomy to talk about mental health at such a young age. Like I remember in sixth grade going to sex ed and we weren't allowed to say testicles and we we're sixth grade. So we go to the playground and we're like testicles, you know what I mean? So there's like a fine, I want to play devil's advocate here, like offering the tools necessary for kids to succeed, to open up that language. When I've been talking to people from ages 16 to 60 and the language, the stories are all the same. Um, Hmm. no one knows what I'm going through. So why should I even try? No one understands. Um, I feel alone. I hear that all the time from older people. However, young kids are going through all of these changes and, you know, puberty and stuff. And how do we communicate to kids? Like this isn't a self pity thing. This is for actual like depression and anxiety. My health class was taught by my gym. See, there you With go. With that perspective, like, Coach Pasquale, shout out to you, dude, because you showed me hmm? what it means to have testicles. Yay! Okay. Awkward, Coaches right, always do that. Podcast, right? It is a very odd, but well, understandable. I, I <laughs> we should do a testicles word count. <laughs> testicles. Yeah, you show me Bing. my testicles. I'm going to just cut I think it we're out right five. <laughs> Let's just end that conversation. <laughs> I got in trouble. Anyway, so shout out to Coach. He taught you stuff. No, what I mean is that he didn't know shit, and it was like, yeah. why is he teaching this class? He's not certified to be doing this, but he's like, hey, guys, there's a condom yeah. in the jar. Take it out. If you're thinking about doing anything, don't make the same mistake I did. I got stuck right. with three kids, kids, and I'm teaching this shitty job. What is Mean Girls? It's like, okay, dude, we get it. Fine. Mm-hmm. Don't have sex. You will get an STD, and you will die. She doesn't even go here. I have a lot of feelings. The feels. All the feels. So... All right, next one away in. So, mental health training and requirements for officers. This is something that we have talked about before on the show. Um, shout out to Will. He was on a previous podcast. He's an officer. Um, over the weekend, okay, I... Can I a shout out quickly? Shout out, man. Uh, uh, if you guys are interested, um, I have a new series launching on YouTube. Called, uh, <laughs> to it. It's called uh, We Are in the Blue. Shameless plug. Uh, Shameless plug, dude. It's uh, it's basically I'm filming the, our real life stories of uh, police officers in uh, Texas, Leander to be specific. They're, they're allowing me to ride in the cars and kind of go through a day with the officers. Mm, that's pretty cool. That is really so I'm cool. So be launching it pretty soon. Yeah. If it's you be awesome. experience any mental health things in those ride-alongs. Oh yeah, for sure. Bring it sure. back here. It's a shameless but... plug, but uh, check it out. Uh, go. It's not go, a go. plug. I'm done. I'm done. It's shameless. <laughs> shameless. So what I was saying, I'm actually about coming to soon to a theater, that. not to a theater. I wish. Ah, YouTube channel. YouTube, YouTube, so I know it's different from the mental health requirements in schools, um, but it could be just as effective for people in other situations. So over the weekend, I went to a baby shower, and of course, my family is a trigger just because. They cause me anxiety. I'm sure everyone here can, you know, catch the feels on that. Um, but I did, it did induce an anxiety attack on the way home from the baby shower. And um, I felt like I took a step back from all the work that I've been doing um, in therapy and in dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, we work on these things called skills before pills because I am prescribed Xanax. And of course, we all know 
how addictive benzos are to people. And shout out to Christian Whalen and Ellis Whalen, my sisters who work in the mental health field. Y'all understand. So skills before pills. But I was in a situation where I was unable to use my skills necessary. So I had to take the Xanax and I was like, well, damn it. So during that, and this is where Matthew comes in, um, I called you. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, skills before pills. We already took the pills. So let's go back to the skills. Um, so I called Matthew and what did, what was it like on the other line of someone having an anxiety attack? It's never a fun moment because mm -hmm. you have no idea what's going on. All I could hear was crying, sobbing, and yelling. Mm -hmm. And the police were called um, because we had to pull over into a parking lot so I could get through my panic attack. And the shout-out to McKinney Police, guys. Like, shout-out. Shout-out. Thank y'all. The best. So that, Thanks for your service. Yeah, thank you. Honestly, the two police officers that helped us, thank you so much. So, um... NBCDFW says that police officers are often on the front lines when it comes to dealing with mental health in the community. They very much are. They see it all. Yeah. First responders see it all. They really do. And if you have any first responder stories of dealing with mental health, please email us. We are at gmail.com. Love to hear them because. Oh, you know who else is, is crazy with, with like being affected by it? Um, uh, str stringers. What's that? So uh, I did stringing for a while in Austin, and what it is is basically... Like at a guitar center? No. I, wish, I, wish, <laughs> I have no idea what this I is. I wish. I wish. Uh, I'm so not cool. Actually, uh, you go with your camera equipment and follow uh, 911 calls to um, events that yeah. matter, and you sell your footage to the news. Yep. Um, and I did this for about four months, wow. um, and I saw the most disturbing stuff I've ever seen in my life. But here's, here's the kicker. Why I say these people are probably affected is because news stations are ruthless. Yes. And they are like just bloodhounds. And I would literally, I remember particular there was an incident that occurred on 35 where a lady had gotten into a car accident, flew out of her windshield. I recorded it. I got there because I heard it on actual, on the, on the, on the radio. I got there, recorded it. Okay. Um, and got the footage. Contacted a local news station, which I'm not going to name. They should be. I should name them because they're pieces of shit. Um, news. And and, and news. I told them what I had. Sent them over the footage. They told me it wasn't bloody enough. Oh my god! Not surprised. So I sat there, what? had to witness this woman who literally had gone through this traumatic event, and was on the floor bleeding. Then. And I tried to give her as much privacy as possible, giving the news the the footage, and it wasn't enough for them. They. They cut they say my if it pay. leads, it leads or something. They gave, they paid me for it, but mm -hmm. they gave me like almost to no, zero, like to nothing for what I put in. They wouldn't even no. pay for a therapy session. And, and, needed, probably. and I couldn't believe it. So I, and in my mind, I was like, I wonder what these guys that that work for the news, what they go through. Because I'm just a contractor. I'm shooting as a stringer. These yeah. guys probably are just like, oh my god, I got to. I'm paid, getting paid by the hour right now, mm -hmm. and I got to get in there. Nope. And I got to see the most. Things. Well, I mean, not to get too graphic, but we were discussing the other day, there was like an accident in Los Angeles or somewhere in California, like a long time ago, where this guy got in a car accident and literally the top torso from the car landed on another car underneath it. And all I could think about the whole time was like, oh my gosh, that person's poor life forever, you know? So... 
this is one reason, another reason why McKinney's Polief Cheese, shout out Greg Conley. You mean, you mean Chief? Cheese. Polief Cheese. Police the head cheese. The head cheese. Head cheese. Yeah, I like that. There we go. Greg Connolly. He's requiring every officer in McKinney to undergo crisis intervention training through a week-long program at Why did it take this long? I I mean, think about it. Since, you know what? Yeah, I mean, we, Good, the stats you yes. just brought up earlier. So we've had a 30% increase in suicides. So Since 2000. Since 2000. What happened in 2001? We went to war. Mm-hmm. So and a big part of that is probably going to be, you know, Soldiers coming back, you know, I mean, the rates with PTSD, Mm -hmm. the rates for suicide. I mean, one, like, I don't know all the statistics, but it's something ridiculous with, you know, soldiers with PTSD committing suicide. So I can definitely see the correlation, not saying causation, correlation. Anyway. It's a smart podcast. I hate to break it for all you Austinites out there, but uh, about half of those guys that you're not, you're denying giving them a dollar or a buck or two are actually veterans. Yep. That's true. Absolutely. That's why I'm voting for Beto O'Rourke. You know, yeah, it's it's totally Austin has a big problem with the homeless community. The and worst I've ever seen. Don't realize that actually a lot of these guys are vets that are just they, they they're just a wall and they need help. Yeah, and also go back to previous podcasts on SoundCloud, YouTube, not YouTube yet, um, iTunes. It's called Mental Health and Homelessness, where I interview my good friend Spencer Dupont, who is homeless, who does have MI and has diabetes type one, so sometimes he can't afford his insulin. He goes through a hard time mentally, and he mm-hmm. goes to the hospital. That is his life perpetuating. And if we offer these courses at the very beginning, like with police officers or in schools, do you think that it would help people in the future, like help meet the needs of those less fortunate? I just, I don't know. I just think that, I think depression is a spider web. Uh, when it comes to different individuals and how it affects them. Mm-hmm. I think Blame you have all different kinds. You have, uh, you have PTSD. Uh, you have... Um, I saw the other day doing stringing again. I got to a scene and I saw uh, at uh, Round Rock Elementary, they shut down, locked down the whole school because some kid said he had a gun. Mm-hmm. Elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not high school, not middle school. Elementary school. Like these... like. I was watching fucking Blue's Clues in elementary school. Like, these kids are talking about they have guns and they want to hurt people because they're they're being affected. Like, there is a a really big issue that nobody wants to call out 100%. So, do you think... So, so at my nephew's school this year, there was a school shooting at their school. Um, I went to visit them. I mean, unfortunately, in this country, it happens every day. Um, Yeah. No other first world country in the world has the problem that we have. Um, so there's so much more systemic issues here. But like I remember being there with my brother-in-law because I woke up. It was um, it was uh, whatever holidays in the end of May. So it was the end of the school year for the kids, and there was that happened. I showed up. I, I drove 18 hours to go visit my cousins, or my my sister, and my brother-in-law. I wake up in the morning, and all of our phones are blowing up because there was a, a kind of like today your phone blew up saying hey. You know, this was going on here. Something happened. They wouldn't give the parents any information. So my sister and brother-in-law were going crazy. Um, but yeah, like the fact that kids are bringing guns to school and things are going on, there's an issue. And if we don't address it as a, as a society, there's something wrong. And we're being reactive to situations. Yeah. So do you think that this mental health curriculum and proposal for both schools and police officers could 
you know, be an answer besides being reactive or being proactive? Well, here's the thing, right? People are, are weird sometimes. Um, and where <laughs> I'm going with that Thank is, you. Where I'm going with that is this. So say, say you make mental health something that the government comes in and says, we're going we're gonna to offer these people the most we can. We're going to give them everything right away to make sure that they don't end up in this hole or this downward spiral. Okay, right? So they give them, they incentivize it. They give them funds. They, give, they, they send them to certain locations that are, it would usually cost a lot of money. They give them medication, all comped, all free, whatever, paid for. But then what do you this get? This new Amsterdam on PBC. But then, but, then, but then what do you get? Exactly. Then you get people lying. Then you get people trying to be like with the system, be like, hey, I have depression when they really don't. So it's like, it's, it's weird. It's like, how do you, how do you sift Balance. out the people that are hurting a lot and the people that are just like, hey, I but, can just say this and uh, but to counteract that point, I mean, people say the same thing about welfare and social security, or welfare specifically, or like that. Um, most every study, and that's the main argument that most people have about, you know, offering services to people who are in, who are in a worse predicament than themselves. Studies all show that less than 1% of them want to be in that predicament. Like, it's like the fraud, waste, and abuse doesn't exist in the way that we're talking about. Um, and so I understand that thought, but I think it's much more, would you rather as a person or as a society say, we help the people who we thought we needed to help or return some of the way that actually needed help because we thought they might be lying. So you're saying the benefits outweigh the risks. Yes. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that, I think that the amount of money that the government has and what they can put in, I think that if they take a hit with people that are whatever, yep, it's not going to affect the, the system. I'm just saying to you that this is not my thought process, but this might be the thought process of a lot of people that would sign a bill like that. Absolutely. Or go ahead and be like, okay, something like that. Absolutely. So I mean, they don't think like me and you. Where no. It's like the benefits outweigh the risk yep. because a hundred dollars that's wasted here is something changed all these people's yep. lives. So and it's like during Hurricane Harvey, my sister she worked at the only Walgreens that was open, and she <laughs> was in a fucking Walgreens commercial because of her volunteer efforts at the convention center to get medication to people in need who no longer have their prescriptions. Yep. The issue she ran into were people who were lying about what medicines they were on so that they could get access to, you know, opiates. Well, junkies are junkies. No yeah. offense to so a junkie. I'm not making go, fun of you. I'm yeah. just saying, like, if you have an addiction, you have an addiction. And you see a way in and you go there. But she had to go through that situation of, like, finding the people who... We're really in need of help and sifting through you know the other white noise. You know what I say to that? I say who's worse? There you I go. I say the junkie. Or the one who provides the <laughs> charging, char- charging somebody hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get there. Well, let's, let's yeah. say this. That's not the FDA who's charging them. That's called for-profit health care. Oh God! Yeah, that's not that's not the FDA. Yeah. FDA approves the drug, but what actually is charging the drug is like with the EpiPen, right? It was like a hundred bucks, fifty bucks a pop. The other company bought it, started charging a G. That is highway robbery. But in this country, when you have healthcare systems, especially in this country, like health, like healthcare corporations control this fucking country. Part of my language. But you, the same drug that you buy here Testicles. for, yep, the same drug you buy here for hundred bucks a pill, get in Canada, Mexico, Germany, Switzerland, France for two, three, four bucks. And people do that. They cross. National lines. It, but the reason why in this country we have such an issue with it is because it is a for-profit business when every other first world country is not the same. So to, to measuring us up to the rest of the first world is not fair. We should be measured up to the third world but when I, it comes I, to healthcare. I agree with you, and I think that you're 100% right. But 
Well, how I counteract that, mm-hmm. subtly, subtly counteract that, is by saying, how do you handle a situation like Canada, where healthcare is free, mm-hmm. but you have to wait two days to see a doctor? But you don't. That's a fallacy. That's that's a fallacy too. They've done multiple reports on that, and that's actually like not true. Are bad? Yeah, it's a fallacy. No, they have. I know. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. So, like, my friends who I played hockey growing up. So I played a lot of Canucks. Or sorry, derogatory term. Lots of Canadians. We're gonna sip on this. Yeah, I apologize for that statement to all my Canadian friends. I love you, our friendly neighbors to the north. I have Canadian friends. I'm not Canadian racist. Yes, I. Well, I might be. They beat me up playing hockey. But anyway. Um, my buddy tore his, tore his ACL, really bad playing hockey. And he did have to wait to have that surgery, but it wasn't necessary for him to have that surgery to still have his quality of life. What did matter was the 80-year-old woman who did need that surgery because she wouldn't be able to move around. So she came first. That was the good. And so he was okay with that. He never complained that he had to wait a few months because he was a kid and did something dumb while playing a sport. There was a huge difference. And... In Canada, there is private pe- private healthcare people that you can go to that that you can you have, to pay for. you have to pay for. But within that social within that single payer realm, everyone was covered equally. And yes, if I went to the ER because I fell and broke my hip, I would get whatever I needed at that time. If let's say I broke my nose and I wanted some cosmetic surgery, I might have to wait for that. Yeah. But what was necessary was provided instantaneously. So that's a, that's. What I think of most Americans when they jump on this, you have to wait. You really don't. Because what were what were we talking about yesterday? You might be interested in this. Like Texas has the highest percentage of infant mortality has the highest infant mortality rate in the United States of America and is equal to that of most all the third world countries. So would you have to wait to get that? From what? From states? Yeah. No. no, no. Infant mortality, like during pregnancy, women dying and kids dying during pregnancy. So Texas is the worst. We call them. We have the best healthcare system in the world. We don't. So to all of our listeners in Texas, which is like most of them, Texas is not the worst. I love Texas, (laughs) but at the same time, I'm gonna call it on what it is. We need to get some better policies in there. Slipping in. Well, Texas also does have the highest amount of uninsured people in the country as well, which also leads to that. Mm -hmm. If you don't have insurance, you're not going to see a doctor for prenatal care. Um, One of my best friends is an OBGYN, and she worked in Chicago for a long time. And one of her biggest complaints and things that was was that the fact that you had people who never saw a doctor the entirety of their pregnancy until they had the kid. Then they're in the ER, and then she was living their baby. No one knows what's going to happen in that situation. And that's what causes the issues. It's not so much that, you know... So, bringing it back to mental health, like... What same reason why we have this, so much mental health issue in this country. Okay. We don't talk about it. We don't provide for it. Most insurance won't pay for it. See, the thing is, is that I get what you're saying. And I, I guess maybe it's just exa- for, like, example sake. So, like, my wife is from Montreal, right? Mm-hmm. So, she, she grew up there. Ah, uh-huh. friendly... Uh, yay! Oh, my gosh. Why didn't you bring that up? Um, so, I, I've been... I've, I've First time I brought my nose was in Montreal. How health works, the healthcare system works in uh, Canada. It is free, um, but from what I've seen, um, I'm going to use this as an example right now, and please forgive me for saying this, but like her grandmother has cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay? She's leukemia. She went to the doctor. Okay, they found a mass in her lung. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's had cancer before. She had stomach cancer. Oh, she beat sorry. it. Okay, congrats. So she went. She has leukemia now. She went to the doctor. The doctor found the lump. They told her to come back in eight weeks to get an MRI. 
Why? Because they just didn't have the space to give her. So what I what I'm saying to you right now is that I get what you're saying about your buddy who tore his ACL, and I get what you're saying about the person that risk comes before whatever you bring to the table here. But I think it's not Canada's fault. I think that free healthcare system would work. The only it issue does. is doctors and nurses and the medical field trying to filter out who really needs help right now in this very instant and who doesn't. Because if you have free healthcare, you're rushing to the doctor for every little reason. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's tough in that. It's like I was talking about, like, the tools that you give kids to talk about mental but health. Like, when it's no, it, it's, where's it's no the... one's fault. No. But the competitive the thing, what, what our politicians and what our government is pushing now to create this competitive field for healthcare. There's such a thing. It's, it's just bogus because it's not going to help anybody but them. Yeah. Well, no, it won't like it won't line anyone's pockets with the the healthcare companies, or not even the healthcare companies. They actually the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, and my being stick here, like with that situation, there's a lot of factors at play, and I am not the person to be the judge. But I will say that you know, you go to a hospital in the states, you're going to pay ten times more than any other country in the world, um, especially for just getting an Advil at the doctor's office. I mean, Can we boil this down to the uh, good old cat phrase you get that you pay for. No. Because, I mean, like, honestly, right now, you're, what you're saying, so, like, I go to a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. I have a really big problem. Yep. I'm going to pay out of the ass because I don't have insurance, right? Yep. But I'm going to get what I need to get. No, not always. Because still in this country, because you're going to have to pay out if you can afford that. If you have the luxury of being able to afford it, that's one thing. But say, you go to the emergency room, they give you two days of antibiotics. That's what they'll give you, something like that. A very short amount or painkillers for a day. You have to go to the pharmacy. They're not just going to give you something without paying. So you're still up a creek without paddle. Yeah, you get put, you get put in debt for sure. What I mean, but not even the debt. You can't even get the medical attention you need yeah. without the actual money like here. Yeah. So when my depression, I suffered. When my depression, I suffered from hypochondria. Mm-hmm. When I used to suffer from hypochondria, that hypochondria to right. doctors is is like their best friend. Why mm-hmm. do I say that? Because in New York. There was a moment, there was a stint in my life where I went like two months where I was convinced I had cancer mm-hmm. because of my hypochondria. I went and got all these tests done. I literally got put thousands of dollars. In yep. It. The doctors did it. They were like, hey, we're just going to bill you. Yep. You know, we're going to give you, the, we're just going to bill you. Yep. And it's like, they do it with like, a Wait, 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 team screen. time out. Team time out. Like, you're not caring about me as the patient you're caring about. Well, that's not. It's, it's not even so much that simple here in the states. That's all I'm hearing. No, it is. That. No, no, it is. But there's also more laws and regulations around this. So, like, that's the that's the funny part, is because of the way insurance bills. If you do certain things, only you have to do certain tests to bill. So, tests that aren't necessary, we have to do to bill. That's why they always do biopsies. Yep. All the time, they get anything done, they always do. So, you know, this guy, they, do a, they do a biopsy. Yep. Why? They didn't see anything. They do it because they want to add more to the bill. Well, that or they have to do that to clarify why they did it in the first place to get the insurance company to pay for it. So so we have the most inefficient healthcare system in the first world. Real quick, to bring it back around to Wana. So one thing sorry. that I really want that... Everybody. No, I'm putting it next. I'm sorry that I drove it off topic. You better put something in that jar. Put right something in that jar. You have no reason. I have no money to give. So... I, I, oh. I gave you some. <laughs> I'm stealing money from the. Yes. Oh my goodness. Because I knew he would apologize. I'm like, he's. I'm going to. It's a Pavlovian thing. You got to think about your words. They mean things. I love this show. show. But yeah, a part of Wana, like, what 
full transparency of what we're working, what I'm working on right now is like building up the board member bylaws and like expectations of everyone who wants to be on the board. One of those things is program development for WANA, which might be something similar to AA, where you can come in somewhere in a safe place and talk about things. Absolutely. It's a, a skills-based resource for people instead of having to worry about all the politics and insurance of everything. Because honestly, sometimes it's just about opening up. And been talking a while, so let's wrap it up. Um, so mastering and self-soothe. Remember what mastering and self-soothe are? What are you going to do in the next 24 hours that you think you're going to master? And then for self-soothe, what are you going to do in the next 24 hours that's going to make you feel better? And Spider-Man for PS4. Oh, right. there you go. Wait, is that mastering or self-soothe? Mastering. <laughs> I think that's both because I totally I'm dig it. Trophy that I'm going yes. to flatten that son of a bitch. How about... <laughs> So how about how about winning an H one Z one like solo match? There we oh go. Oh my gosh! That'd be my mastery. But that's never Have gonna happen. Have you noticed their shirts for people listening? Donnie over here got a Millennium Falcon Star Wars shirt on. Yeah. And Matthew has a robot. Yep. <laughs> Matthew has a robot. Period. Nerd alert. <laughs> Just a robot. Just Video a robot. Games. Video games are appropriate masteries for you guys. Mm-hmm. For me. You're I did. Platinum Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? I knew it. I know. I know you got a PS4. She lies. She lies. She loves my PS4. I you know, love. gonna love this video and be like, "Oh my god, he's playing Spider-Man. That's awesome." Yeah, Spider-Man. exactly. <laughs> Spider-Man. Hey man, I'm pushing. I'm one of the guys pushing that video games are a yeah. form of self-soothing that can help people. I totally agree. Anxiety. All right, for my self-soothe, I'm just gonna put more sunscreen on so it keeps smelling like summer. And talk to my mom. I might get to start running again next week. Ooh, self-soothe running. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you bruised your ribs, didn't you? Yeah, I broke a rib. Owie. Well, good job. All right. Guys, thank you so much for another fabulous podcast. Remember, you're not alone because... We are no Alamo. Alamo. Cheers, guys. See ya. Bye. Later.